Hey everyone, Natalie here from The Pendulum's Path. If you need guidance, direction, spiritual connection, or more, then listen up. I have worked as a psychic and a medium for over three years, connecting people from all over the world with their loved ones in spirit, giving them insight and guidance into their current situations, the past healings that need to be worked on, and what it is they need to know today in order to have a better future. It would be my absolute honor if you would visit my website at www.thependulumspath.com. I also offer emailed readings for those with busy schedules too. Also, for you goblins who subscribe to the Esoteric Book Club, I have a special coupon code just for you. Enter the code STAYWEIRD to get $5 off of any order of $25 or more. Hope to see you there. Hi, I'm Jimmy Coe. And I'm Stephen Hawk. And we're the host of the Cosmic Sponge Podcast, where we explore the unknown from UFOs and cryptids to unexplained disappearances and ancient mysteries. If you're looking for strange stories that will keep you on the edge of your seat, jump on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or search for Cosmic Sponge on your favorite listening platform. Head on over to our website at www.cosmicsponge.com to get access to all of our content, including a full list of platforms where you can enjoy the show. The Esoteric Book Club is brought to you through the generous support of members of the Esoteric Archive, specifically Annie Kay, Soul Rising Studios, and Grand Inquisitor Samantha. If you would like to join the Esoteric Archive, go to patreon.com forward slash esoteric book club. Your donations help to pay server costs, purchase reading materials, and it's helping me pay off the men in black. Have you ever had an interdimensional being place a lock for both time and space on your coffee pot? It's not fun. I need my coffee. Enough about all that. It's time to get weird. One of my favorite metaphysical memes right now shows a father sitting in his easy chair with one child on his lap and another sitting at his feet. One kid asks, How did you get mommy to love you? The father's reply is, Your mom believed in shit like astrology, so I texted her at hours like 11-11 so she would think that it was destiny. In all honesty, I can't hear anything involving 11-11 with also hearing it in my head being said by a bubbly California girl with a forced giggle at the end. I tried to find the root meaning of the 11-11 trope, but you know what? There's just too much other stuff to slog through. It seems like witch talk has muddied those waters so much that I'm seeing everything from it being a spirit message to destiny to simply being synchronicity. Considering that 11-11 will happen twice a day, no matter what we do or how we interpret it, I'm not placing too much stock in its New Age meaning. Although, I do find it quite odd that people tend to wake up at 3am, whether we're in daylight savings time or not. Logically, half of the year we should be waking up at 2am instead. Hmm, weird. Anyway. I know that language changes over time, but the term synchronicity should really be the same. It just seems that people on the internet don't seem to understand the definition. Which 
is entirely frustrating considering that by having the internet, they have access to the sum of all human knowledge, yet they still refuse to use a dictionary. In all fairness, it is a rather modern term. Created by Carl Jung, synchronicity is defined as circumstances that appear meaningfully related, yet lack a causal connection. So, basically, two things happen, seemingly related to each other, but without an understanding of how, or if, they are even connected. Some of this, and I suspect a lot of it, is simply the way our human brains are wired to seek out patterns. Granted, that is a very skeptical, materialistic view of the phenomena. When I take all of this into consideration, I still find that I am encountering synchronicity fairly regularly. As a result, I am left questioning the meaning behind these events. Two recent situations in my life seem to have come about through synchronicity, and I am still trying to puzzle out their purpose or meaning assuming that there even is one. I suppose this is a good opportunity to simply tell you the stories and ask listeners, what do you think? I was recently interviewed on another podcast, which has yet to air as of this recording, and it went so well that I was asked to return for a roundtable discussion on different types of divination. I happily agreed and began thinking about the different methods that I could talk about. Sure, I could easily discuss a multitude of techniques from an observational point of view, but I would prefer to focus on methods that I have personally experimented with. My personal favorite method is cartomancy, which most people recognize through the popularity of tarot. Cartomancy is a bit more open in its definition, though. It is a sort of divination that uses a deck of cards. That's it. In my case, I use a deck of playing cards. Although, technically, I suppose you could use an Uno deck, but I'm not sure how accurate that would be. For me, tarot doesn't hold much meaning. It's a very specific set of symbols from a specific magical practice. It became wildly popular, and, through mass production, it is universally recognized today. So much so that you can pretty much guarantee that there is at least one drunken college girl willing to give you a reading at your local bar. You know, she carries those cards around with her, just in case. Another method that I've used is the pendulum. This method has also been popularized with the advent of mass production, but in all honesty, you can still make your own pretty easily. Not to mention, handcrafted pendulums tend to function a bit better. Granted, the parts that I used to craft mine were all mass produced separately, I just sort of assembled them. Finally, I have been in the process of making a divination set for casting lots. I find it amusing that so many people believe that tarot is evil, but casting lots is mentioned frequently in the Bible, so it's okay. In reality, the only major difference between the two is that casting lots uses a collection of physical objects, while tarot relies on illustrations. Now, 
I refer to it as casting lots because that is the broad term for a randomized series of objects, but it includes multiple forms of divination. In my case, it's more like a bits and bones bag, like I talked about in Granny Buck's Dibs and Dabs. This collection is an assembly of small objects that have representative meaning. For example, a tiny pewter sword would symbolize strife or conflict. Now I've been working on this on and off for about three years, and it's still not complete. Granted, I'm not exerting a ton of effort in completing it. I figured it'll be ready when it's ready. At this point, you're probably wondering where the synchronicity is. Be patient, it's coming. Now, because I was asked to be on this show, I began to think about my Bits and Bones set. For some reason, it pops into my head that I need some bird symbolism in it, but not specifically feathers. I just kind of shrugged and went on my way. Later that week, I was contacted by a friend that I hadn't heard from in quite some time. We made plans to go hiking, which subsequently fell through due to weather, and instead we met up for lunch. We went to one of those restaurants that has a folksy-style gift shop attached to the lobby, and after eating, we spent some time browsing the gift shop. And that's when I saw a small countertop display of tiny metal charms. These aren't like charm bracelet charms either. These are small, rather heavy, steel figurines painted with bright enamel colors. Each one was about half an inch in size, and they varied in theme. You can probably guess what it was that I found. Yep, not only did I find a beautiful tiny cardinal, but I also found a miniature rubber duck. There's a good chance that this was all just coincidence, and that my mind is assembling this narrative to make sense of similar but ultimately unrelated circumstances. But where did I get this sudden idea that I needed bird symbolism in my set? Why did the weather forecast change so suddenly from sunny skies to freezing rain? And why did we decide to eat a place that, in all honesty, I didn't even know was still open. By definition, this would be synchronicity. I suppose if I wanted to become TikTok famous for this, I would mention that the bill for lunch was $33.33, and that when we left the restaurant, it was 3.33pm. None of which is true, but you get my point. As of yet, I still have no idea why it was necessary to add a cardinal and a rubber ducky to my set. I suppose only time will tell. The next synchronistic event happened just last week. If you are listening to this episode, you obviously know that I have a podcast about esoteric books. The only way I could imagine you listening to this without first knowing about that show is possibly through Pandora's randomization algorithms. But let's face it, algorithms in general just don't like me. Now another friend that I had met at my previous job messaged me out of the blue. She had moved about two years ago to the other side of the country, so we don't really talk all that often anymore. 
She calls me just to vent about the difficulty of finding books on magic that aren't introductory level texts or, conversely, New Age Instagram feel-good mumbo-jumbo. When she's done venting, we talk for a bit about different books that she could get and where she could find resources online that I found to be rather reliable. Just so you know, Patheos Pagan is my go-to online resource for anybody that's interested. Eventually, she said something that made me realize that she had no idea about the Esoteric Book Club. I can't remember what it was she said specifically, but I remember being shocked that she didn't call me about this topic because of the podcast. She called me just to vent about a mutual interest. Since then, she has binged on most of the episodes, but something that day caused her to call me. It just so happens that in doing so, it led her to my show, in which I am now talking about her. When I hung up the phone, I looked at the clock, and lo and behold, it was 11.11pm. No, I'm just kidding. But I was already in the process of writing this episode about synchronicity when she called. In fact, we even talked about TikTok's fascination with that concept. I guess the bigger question at this stage isn't, was it real? But instead, why is it important? This is a bit of teaser for the upcoming book club episode, where I review a newly released title, Deep Weird, by Dr. Jack Hunter. In the foreword to the book, Jeffrey Kripal states, quote, Instead of asking, did these things happen, we should be asking, how did these things happen, or why did these things happen, end quote. In all fairness, his statement was in reference to events where extremely weird things take place. Things where multiple categories of paranormal encounters seemingly overlap and leave the experiencer completely bamboozled. Things like having a vision of the Virgin Mary while simultaneously having a telepathic conversation with Bigfoot who is hovering over your house in a UFO. We're talking that type of weird. Compared to that, my synchronicity involving tiny metal birds seems pretty mundane. But that's just it, isn't it? The psychic Bigfoot encounter wasn't meant for me. The birds were. Those of you who know me outside of the podcast know that I am also an ordained minister. In addition to legally being able to perform religious services, I am allowed to perform divination and offer counseling. Now, I don't offer counseling because I am not a licensed or trained counselor. I don't feel like I'm qualified to assist someone who is in mental distress. There is an area that kind of falls between divination and counseling, though, and that is dream interpretation. I know this sounds like some sort of tangent, but I'm going somewhere with this, trust me. Dream interpretation is not as mysterious or as difficult as most people think it is, but it does often require an outside viewpoint. 
It's one of those times where the dreamer is too close to the situation to be able to objectively view their surroundings. In these instances, I listen to the dream, take notes of significant symbols and events, and then we review what each of those symbols means to the individual, outside of the context of the dream. This is also why dream dictionaries are largely bunk. Symbols mean different things to each individual. Even within a single culture, symbols have different meanings, so there is no universal answer. When the process of dream interpretation begins, people usually get a little frustrated because I spend a lot of time repeating a single phrase. What does that mean to you? And that's what brings us back to synchronicities. As an outside observer, I can't answer the question of what does it mean because it didn't happen to me. More importantly, it didn't happen for me, except in the instances that I mentioned above. So let's apply the same line of questioning to synchronicities that I use for dream interpretation. Let's begin by identifying the key symbols in the first synchronicity that I talked about. The first symbol seems to be pretty obvious, and that's the birds. The birds are the unifying factor behind multiple aspects of this event. The next seems to be the different groups of friends. That's just a surface-level meaning, though. It's not the friends themselves, but what role they played in the event. They were a driving force that pushed me towards divination and a re-examination of my bits and bones set. So ultimately, it seems like the next symbol should really be divination. Think of it like this. In dream interpretation, a car may not represent an actual car, but instead may represent a journey. It's the act of motion and travel, not the vehicle, that gets you there. So in my case, it's not the friends themselves, but the topic of conversation that I was having with those friends. Finally, we have a series of disconnected events that all drove me towards the ultimate endpoint. The host of the podcast lives in another country. The other friend who is participating in the roundtable lives in another state. And not a neighboring state either. We're talking like several days travel by car. The third friend, obviously, lives in the same town as me, but until recently, we worked shifts that didn't allow us to see each other. Then there's the weather. Almost every time I see my local friend, we go hiking. We like being outdoors, and we like the privacy that it affords our admittedly weird conversations. But this time, despite what was forecast, the weather forced us indoors. I feel like this is something that is commonly seen in synchronicity cases. A lot of individual, unrelated events all seem to happen in a way that drives towards an ultimate, equally unrelated goal. Now, defining that part will depend on your worldview. 
Some people would call this divine intervention. Some would say that it's fate. Some would even simply call it a very strange coincidence. In relation to our upcoming episode, I'll just call it weird. But weird spelled W-Y-R-D. Jimmy, that one's for you. This definition of weird covers a whole gamut of things, including fate, the gods, luck, basically anything that would normally be viewed as chance, but instead seems to be directed. So my synchronicity involves birds, divination, and the weird. Since the weird is largely unknowable, I think it's safe to say that we can't ruminate on that too much. Divination, though, is an interesting aspect, since its purpose is specifically to gain insight into the weird. That's why ordained individuals are legally allowed to do it. So the symbolism of the weird in conjunction with divination seems to be pushing me towards actually doing divination. Which is equally interesting since I've been asked to perform divination more times in the past week than I have been in the past year. So that leaves the symbolism of the birds. In my everyday job, my desk sits in front of a window. I have several bird feeders hanging from the tree that is outside that window, and watching the birds relaxes me when I am stressed. Their ability to fly seems so incredibly freeing to me. Even in my dreams, flight is one of my favorite pastimes. I associate flight with weightlessness, but not in a sense of buoyancy in the ocean, but more of a sense of intangibility. I associate birds with spirits, with emotion. In Appalachian culture, which is by no means monolithic, the cardinal is a symbol of the ancestors. Some people say they are messengers. But considering that I so frequently see them screeching at each other over who gets the bird feeder first, I'm leaning more towards the idea that they are reminders. Not quite like a memento mori, but more like a reminder that you are the culmination of all of those who came before you. So that is the meaning of the cardinal to me. Well, that's all I have time for tonight. Thanks for... what? Oh, oh, you want to know about the rubber ducky charm. Okay, let's examine the role of the rubber ducky. Oh, rubber ducky, you're the one. You make bath time lots of fun. Rubber ducky, I'm awfully fond of you. I know this podcast has an international reach, but most of my listeners are from the United States. Hopefully, if you live outside of the U.S., you have had the joy of watching Sesame Street as a child. I would say that most of us in the U.S. grew up seeing Sesame Street at least one time in our childhood. I know in my house, one of the few channels that we could actually pick up was public broadcasting. For those who are interested, when I was in kindergarten, we were able to get a total of 
three channels at my home. In fact, it was the child's job to get up and manually turn the dial on the television to change the channel. That's right. At that time, the child was the remote control. The clip you just heard was from one of the characters named Ernie, who was singing the aptly named song, Rubber Ducky. It's literally a whole segment of an orange Muppet sitting in a bubble-filled bathtub, singing about how he looks forward to bath time because he gets to play with this vaguely duck-shaped lump of yellow rubber. As an aside, did anyone's rubber ducky actually float upright? Every single one I had would flip over since the head was so dense and the body was hollow. Sure, it made bath time fun, but it also made it very confusing for a young child. Upright or not, the symbolism of the rubber ducky is very meaningful to me. It is a symbol of childlike joy. It's that sense of blissful ignorance about the world around me. It is about finding happiness in the moment. I don't know about the rest of you, but I think it would be delightful for that to pop up in a divination reading. Okay, now we really are at the end of the show. I do need something from all of you, though. Please go to whatever app you are using to listen to the Esoteric Book Club and leave me a review. You don't even need to write anything. Just click on the stars, the thumbs up, or whatever arbitrary symbol is being used to rate the show. I know every podcaster talks about how it helps out the show, but it's really more important than you'd think. The field of podcasts is not a level playing field. If a show doesn't have reviews, the algorithmic gods will banish them to oblivion. Oblivion meaning that the show will never be recommended on the news feeds. If new people don't listen to the show, the show itself can't grow. Don't get me wrong, you guys are awesome, but I want there to be more of you. And there's only one way for that to happen, and that's by leaving a review for the show. So please, help me out here. Also, is it just me, or does the show feel lacking without an introduction of some sort? I feel like we need music, or sound effects, or something. If you have any ideas, please let me know. The Esoteric Book Club can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, and at esotericbookclub.org. So until next time, goblins, remember, stay weird. Hi, Techie Joe here. I work with Ace and Knight and some of the best psychics in West Virginia to create amazing live streams and podcasts for the Psychic Coffee Shop Network. Together, we brew up great content discussing news, events, hot topics, and more, all from a psychic perspective. On the Psychic Coffee Shop, we interview amazing authors in the metaphysical realm. Coffee and Tea combines Asen with Tracy, Dottie, Natalie, or Lady Gwendolyn for the good and the bad of being a psychic. Shameless Self-Promotion with Dottie the Psychic talks to leading and emerging YouTubers and business owners in our community. Mountain Bears brings you the latest in LGBT news and politics. The Psychic That Plans answers the question of, well, how a psychic plans. Plus, we're live on air. We take your comments and your questions, including psychic advice questions. Check out our amazing programming, book an appointment with top psychics, and find out all the wonderful things we have to offer at pcsbnetwork.com today.